Armed American Radio listeners, today's Armed American Radio's recorded version of the national radio broadcast, the Armed American Radio podcast, is being brought to you today and every day by North American Arms. Make sure to visit NorthAmericanArms.com for the finest mini revolvers on planet Earth. NorthAmericanArms.com. Enjoy the show. is Armed American Radio's Daily Defense. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense, because they don't want me to, that's why I do it. Presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. From the Six Sour Studios. They're never going to stop us here. Here is your host, the loudest conservative voice in America fighting the enemies of freedom, Mark, Mark Walters. 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 Here we go. Hour two, hour one is in the bag. Welcome to the AAR Georgia Ranch, Six Sour Studios. Crossbreed Holsters, Mike, lit up for you right now. X-Insurance. Presenting it all. Greg in Dallas, Texas, how are you, my brother? Uh, here we are. It's uh, top of the hill, hour two. Fox, folks, Fox. What, what folks. are you saying? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I need more coffee. Folks can watch the show, and you will be kind enough, if you would, kind sir, to tell them where to watch the show and to participate in the chat, should they so desire, as long as they're not driving, please. Uh, sure, if you want to watch the show, just head on over to armedamericanradio.org or .com. On the right-hand side of that website, you'll see the menu icon. Just give it a click. When that window opens up, you can select that Watch Live option. We've also got the Listen Live option and the podcast link right there with everything else. Uh, if you want to join our live chat, just head on over to your app store, grab the Telegram messaging app, create your profile, and search for Armed American Radio Conversations. Bam, that'll put you in. So, Paul Markle, student of the gun for the last hour. It's always fun to have Paul on the show. And um, he texted me while we were on air, and I didn't get a chance to look at it, and I wish I did. Yeah. But I'm kind of glad I didn't because I get to bring you the story that he sent me. He, he sent me a link to a story, and then below it he just put, dude. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, what's this all about? Take a listen to this. This, this here is a good one. All right. I, I don't know how this one escaped me. But it's an ABC News piece, and this did not come up in my alert. Maybe it did, and I just didn't see it. It likely did, but I certainly didn't see it. By showtime, came out at 2.06 p.m. Eastern time today. What is it? 5.08, so three hours ago. Florida deputy fires weapon. But there's more. Oh, is, I think I know about this one. After mistaking sound of yep. acorn hitting patrol car for gunshot. Yep. Oh, I saw the video. This reminds me of the popping balloons and people taking cover at the universities because we're so woke. Somebody out there is going, you know, I can hear the liberals out there now. What does being woke have to do with being afraid of being shot at a university with so many schools? Can't you hear those people out there now? Mm -hmm. Turn the dial, folks. This show's not for you. Florida deputy fires weapon after mistaking sound of acorn hitting patrol car for gunshot. But it, it gets better. <sighs> The dash cam footage was released. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, this happened in November of last year. So let's take a listen. I just saw the body cam. I didn't see the dash cam. Yeah, I guess it is body cam footage. Okay, then I saw that. Yeah. So did you watch it? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to play this live because I don't know if there's any language in I'm, here. I don't remember hearing anybody. stress of firing a gun, but... 
that's okay. I'll pass on that. It's it's he's here. He is he's firing his weapon his weapon at his patrol vehicle, which by the way had a suspect in it. This was an Okaloosa County deputy. It sounds like and I looked at this. Well, you know, I'm really good friends with Sheriff Kurt Hoffman and with Wayne Ivey and, and those guys. And I'm thinking, oh, please don't let it be there, deputies. Please. But it wasn't. Now, where's Okaloosa County? I don't know. I'd have to look at a map. You'd think I'd know that. But Florida's got lots of counties. Florida's a big state. Florida deputy seen firing his weapon repeatedly at his patrol vehicle after mistaking the sound of an acorn hitting the roof of the car for a muffled gunshot. I'm hit. I'm hit. The deputy, Jesse Hernandez, can be heard yelling though no one was shooting at him. How, how, do you, how, how do you say you're hit? I don't know. How does that work? No one is shooting at you. You're firing a weapon at your own patrol vehicle that's occupied. By cuffed, and you're claiming to be hit? By cuffed suspect in the back. Now, I will say this, in fairness to the officer, there have been, and I've seen many videos. Uh, we saw the famous one, I forget, I think it was in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, where the woman got out of the handcuffs and got a hold of the rifle in the patrol car and started shooting at the cops and wounded a guy that they were talking Remember that? Uh, that wasn't yeah. too long ago. That was a pretty bad situation. Doesn't justify this action. No, 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 it does not. As he stumbled to the ground, Hernandez yelled, shots fired four times. Sergeant with the sheriff's office also fired her weapon multiple times at the patrol vehicle, believing Hernandez was in danger. Now, I can see her doing that. Big dummies. Oh, I can see her doing that. Yeah, they're dumb. She's under, the, she's under the assumption that he's being fired at. One of her colleagues is shooting in that direction. I, I can see the deputy coming to his defense. I, I'm not going to place any blame over there on her. But. After the sergeant asked if he was okay, the deputy Hernandez responded, I'm good. I feel weird, but I'm good. <laughs> you should, yeah, you should feel weird. <laughs> Idiot. No, I, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, did you go that far? And call, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, the stress of that job. And? Let me, let me give him a, a little bit of benefit of the doubt here. The stress of the job. What these guys see all day long, you know, he, he hears an acorn hitting a, tr a, a, a an acorn falling from a tree and hitting the patrol vehicle. Now, looking at this body cam footage, which you've seen, he's about judging by the cracks on the curb behind his vehicle. He's likely three or four vehicle lengths behind his his patrol SUV firing. All I can think about is where are all these shots going that he's taking shots with? Into you know, his vehicle. And passing through his vehicle and going to where else? Don't know. Exactly. This guy's an idiot. The two had responded to a report of a stolen vehicle at a residence near Fort Walton Beach, November 12th. A woman had reported that her boyfriend was refusing to return her vehicle and been calling and texting her threats, including what appeared to be a firearm suppressor pointing at the dash of the victim's vehicle. <sighs> He wasn't shooting at a, what he thought was a stolen vehicle. He was shooting at his own vehicle. The boyfriend was detained, searched, handcuffed, and placed in the rear of the patrol vehicle. While approaching the vehicle to conduct another search, Hernandez told investigators that he heard what he believed to be a suppressed weapon off to the side. <laughs> so that, that, that at least throws some context there. The call came in that, you know, the deputy expected, or anyway, the report came in, the call came in, that she thought a suppressed weapon was in her boyfriend's possession. He heard that sound, 
and thought it was a suppressed weapon. So I can see why in his mind, right, at the same time, let's see here. Uh, he said uh, Hernandez told investigators he'd heard what he believed to be a suppressed weapon off to the side. At the same time, I felt an impact on my right side, like upper torso area. Hernandez and the sergeant both fired their weapons at the patrol car until their firearms were emptied. The sheriff's deputy needs now, to reconsider her career as well. Those are duty weapons and fired until they were emptied. That's likely 34 to 36 shots that were fired into the vehicle because those guns are going to have 17 plus one. And if they're carrying a full size, you know, for example, a Glock 17, which lots of cops carry. Yeah, not, not sure what they're carrying. That's 17 plus one round. That's 18 rounds. That's one in the pipe plus 17 in the in the magazine. You know, those super high capacity magazines that only cops are allowed to carry down in certain places. Yep. But um, so that would be a total of, uh, of 36 shots. Wild flailing shots going into a police vehicle and through a police vehicle. Is the suspect OK? I mean, did he get hit? Yeah, that's how I'm looking at that right now. The audible sound deputy Hernandez reported can be heard on body cam video and witnesses also attested they heard the sound they thought could have been a muffled gunshot. During the interview, investigators informed Hernandez what he heard was an acorn. Asked if what he thought he heard was actually the noise of the acorn striking the roof of his patrol vehicle. He responded, I'm not going to say no. What I heard sounded what I thought, what I think would be louder than an acorn hitting the roof of the car. But there's obviously an acorn hitting the roof of the car. Um, the investigation determined that Hernandez's use of force was, quote unquote, not objectively reasonable. Not objectively reasonable. He resigned during the course of the investigation on December 4, nearly a year after joining the force. Um, he didn't comment for this. The sergeant's use of force was found to be objectively reasonable. Mm. The, de the sergeant's use of force was found to be objectively reasonable, and she was exonerated, which, I, as I said, I'm going through this in real time. But that would make sense to me. She is seeing an officer firing. She has every reason to believe in her mind that uh, he was firing at a threat. She returned fire in that direction as well. So I can see that happening. I'm not going to give her a load of crap on this. And there's this weird part of me that can understand why the cop who was on a call thinking there was a suppressed weapon involved heard that may have in his mind thought that under heightened stress. But that's not the way you want your deputies to respond. Period. Now, he resigned and not objectively reasonable. He said they understand the situation was traumatic for the man detained in the patrol vehicle and are thankful he wasn't injured. How could he not have been injured? They have stormtrooper been Wow. Yeah, we'll continue conversing about this when we come back. It's pretty interesting. And then uh, we think we might have another update on Kansas City, and we've got some other things we want to talk with you about, not the least of which is Colorado. We'll be right back. Defense firearms are guaranteed for life, trusted worldwide, and designed, engineered, and manufactured right here in America. Daniel Defense, freedom, passion, precision. So, Greg, have you ever had a waffle at Waffle House? I have. They're very good. Well, they better be. It's in the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an off-air conversation because I had a... Uh, 
the only thing I've eaten. That's probably the only thing I'll eat for 24 hours, but I had it. Most people don't equate cheeseburgers with Waffle House. They're cheeseburgers, ladies and gentlemen. If you got a Waffle House near you and you never had one, their cheeseburgers are great. You know what else is really good at Waffle House that most people don't order? The hash browns. Well, everybody gets the hash browns. Well, that's why I've never good. understood scattered. Aren't uh, That doesn't have anything in them. I guess that just means, when they say scattered, it just means hash browns. I don't know. All right. It would seem to me that they wouldn't have to say scattered. They could just say hash browns. Yeah. Right. But whatever. There's that. Yeah. That's just me. But, um, yeah, they make a cheeseburger that's fantastic. But something else that's really good that most people don't even know is on the menu that is outstanding. Their chicken. Have you ever had a, and I'm not talking about a fried piece of chicken, but it, they, the chicken and eggs. Oh, man. Oh. They marinate a boneless, skinless chicken breast for what is probably months at Waffle House. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, maybe. But they put that thing up there where the bacon is. They, they, they grill it quickly on their grill. And they serve chicken and egg. oh man, is it good? Maybe they do chicken and waffles. It's they probably well, that's usually fried chicken and waffles, which is really good. Yeah, but this isn't fried. This is a you know boneless, skinless, marinated chicken breast, and I don't know what they marinated in, but it is really good. In fact, just last year, I think they changed the marinade in it, and it ticked off a lot of people who were like, "What are you doing? We love it the way it is." Well, guess what? It wound up being better. It's not like new Coke. Remember that crap? Yeah, they come out with a new recipe for Coca Cola. As if the world's number one selling soft drink wasn't good enough. You know, we want to be number one one. You know, we try to be a little bit better. We want to go on double secret probation, number one. Let's tweak it. Let's, let's fix what isn't broken. But it's really good. So there's your public service announcement, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got a Waffle House near you, oh, and if you're really hungry and want to go in, you get the chicken, two eggs over medium, hash browns, smothered, covered, diced. Ooh. That's with the tomatoes. I get a cold dice with cold tomatoes in it. Mm. And the grits and white toast. Looks like they do a chicken sandwich, and they do uh, sorted things with chicken. Greg's probably on the menu. I am right now. I'm looking at the menu. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I go back to the old days of radio, man, when there was no internet. You think of guys like Rush Limbaugh that pioneered this, right? Those guys didn't have an internet to rely on when they're on air. We We have the luxury of being able to pull something up instantly while we're on air. Those guys were using stacks of newspapers. and Oh, yeah. And it, I mean, they I really doing, worked. I was doing they, that early in my career. Yeah. I, I, when I first started doing this, I had most of my paperwork laid out in front of me. I still really didn't, didn't use the online you know, tools that I had and resources that I had that were available to me. But a lot's changed in those 15 years. 15 years and a lot's changed. But yeah, I go back to those old school guys, man, that, that, uh, like Rush Limbaugh, who pioneered it. None of us would be here if it weren't for him. God bless him. God rest his soul. We miss him. But those guys were doing that with stacks and stacks and stacks of newspapers in front of them. The amount of prep that went in to the job was monumental for a three-hour show. They'd spend 15, 17 hours prepping for those shows every single day. Remarkable stuff. Anyway, there's your Waffle House gig for the day. Let's go back to this deputy deal here because I, I find this fascinating. I want to take it a step further. What if this were civilian? Negligent law enforcement. Negligent discharge. Let's take the exact same scenario and think about, uh, but we probably have listeners that didn't hear the previous hour, but with Paul Marco, we kind of touched on on this. You need to know where your rounds go, uh, the situation you might find yourself in. He said you need to be dangerous on demand. Apparently, this first deputy was dangerous on demand by default because he fired, uh, he emptied his service, uh, his service weapon, which would be 17 plus one rounds likely. 18 rounds, both officers did, because a sergeant there on the scene 
thought he was being fired at and returned fire as well. She emptied her service weapon. So that would be a total of 36 rounds fired into an occupied vehicle that had a handcuffed, detained suspect who somehow was not injured during that barrage. Miraculously. Yeah, miraculously is it. That That's kind of like going to the Pulp Fiction deal, right? Where yeah. the guys got shot at, the bullet holes are behind them in the wall. Yeah. By the way, if you ever Divine Intervention. Movie, yeah, Divine Intervention. By the way, if you ever watch that movie again, go back and watch that scene, and you will note the mistake in the film. If you're paying attention, you'll note that the bullet holes are already in the wall at the beginning of that scene before the gun is fired. You heard it here first if you hadn't heard that before. Yep. True story. So go back and watch it, and you'll check that out. In today's day and age, you can just forward right to it. Oh, yeah, let's check that out. Big mistake in the movie. But in this case, no mistake, this was real life. What if that were you, listener? What if that were you? Now, you obviously didn't have somebody detained in your car, but let's say you had someone in your vehicle whoever it was, and you thought you were armed, you thought you heard a gunshot coming from your vehicle. Maybe there was a gun in your car. Maybe you think somebody was trying to steal it, whatever the case may be. Whatever that scenario is, however it played out, you turned and fired 18 rounds out of whatever gun you had into that vehicle, and you had a friend that was with you that thought you were being fired upon and also fired into that vehicle. How do you think that would have turned out? Do you think you would have just been fired from your concealed weapons permit because what you did was not objectively reasonable? Oh, me thinks not. Greg, you think you would have been charged? Oh, absolutely. That's an ND definitely all day long. And there, I mean, it could be reckless endangerment at, at a certain point because um, you don't Negligent know. Negligent discharge of a firearm, yep. reckless endangerment, fired into firing into an occupied vehicle. There's a slew of charges Yep, that would have been levied on you, particularly if that individual had been hurt in the vehicle. But it, would it make a good, what a great conversation for Andrew Branca. An acorn hit the car. I thought it was a gunshot. That's pathetic, really. Uh, if you're around gunshots enough, I mean, you know what a gunshot sounds like. I hear gunshots regularly, and I know gunshots from a backfire. And I don't know. I don't know how if you well, spend. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Again, I want to I want to be fair. He was on a call in this case with the cop. He was actually on a call where a suppressed weapon was to have been seen on the scene or at least reported may have been there. So when he heard that, he clearly had that in his mind. And I'm certain that that came up in the investigation. It likely did. Here's my here's my thing, though. Did he search Something the suspect? Fair. Did he search the suspect before he detained him he and cuffed searched him? him. He, he probably did a terry pad on him and then gave him a full search before he cuffed him and put him in the vehicle. All right. So it would be reasonable to assume that the officer was uh, assuming that the suspect was clear of any weapons and that uh, where was the shot coming from if the suspect is clear of weapons? Yeah, well, there's that whole you gotta put detained in the vehicle in handcuff thing. But we've seen instances where they've gotten out of handcuffs. We reported one here. No, I know I'm stretching this. Obviously, that's why in the investigation for the it's a talk show. We're talking about it. And we're being saved by the bell now, <laughs> quite frankly. I'm not trying to dig a hole here, but I'm, I'm throwing that out. I'm, I'm giving him the benefit it's, of the doubt here. It's like arguing the, uh, you know, the exception instead of the rule. It's like you got to put eyes on whatever is potentially shooting at you from behind cover. Clearly, he knew that because he quit. 
there. Well, there's that. And his actions were found not objectively reasonable. And the other types of, but I, you know, throw that in perspective if that were civilian. Kind of flip that around. Think about that in your own mind. What would have happened? And then go back to the conversation with Paul. You'd better know what you're shooting at. That's one of the four rules of gun safety. We'll be back right after this. segment of Armed American Radio is being brought to you by Defender Coffee. When you drink Defender Coffee, you're making a donation to a gun rights organization of your choice that protects and defends your freedoms. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome back to Georgia's AAR Ranch. That will soon be renamed. We're excited. A lot of fun stuff coming down the pike at Armed American Radio over the course of the next couple, well, there already has been, with some great new partners and another new one coming up that is, we teased it the other day. We'll really tease it beginning on Monday. But the show intros are going to change and everything, Greg. And yes, they are. A pretty big deal. That's part of the deal. That's that's a pretty big deal. So you'll be hearing that, ladies and gentlemen, coming up soon, over the course of the next couple of weeks as we begin to slowly get those things into place. And I talked to Peter Reef, the great voice expert, voiceover over there, and he's just he's one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. And that guy has got that voice, man. Yeah, Oof. Pete's got a great he, gig. Yeah, I, uh, it, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Reef is the guy that uh, he and John Young, if you've ever uh, if you've ever traveled or been in a hotel room, I, I travel all over the country and I'll flip the news on in the morning, see what the weather's going to be. Right. Go to the local Fox, wherever city you are, and you'll hear coming up on the Fox five morning. broadcast. That's Peter or John. And they sit there and do those reports, voiceovers all day, Greg. Yep. All day long, they get those things from their from their client list all over the place. But those guys are amazing, and Peter is kind enough to do ours here. I think he also does Gallagher and Gorka's intros and everything else. But, uh, yeah, we have new intros coming up for the show. That's always exciting. Will we change the music up? I don't know. Hmm, probably not. There's copyright issues when it goes online, so we'll just keep with the licenses that we have. But it, it will be fun stuff. So welcome back, guys. Remember, X Insurance is presenting all of this to you. Visit all of our partners, please, at armedamericanradio.com and support them, all of them. $14.99 for Barrel Buddies. I mean, it's a no-brainer. PT Ammo, a box of ammo made by the company here in the United States behind the blue line, supporting your right to bear arms on this show. You can't go wrong buying a box of ammo. If you want to buy a case, whatever, buy it. But support them. If you need some ammo, I know you like to support the local shops. I do the same. But support them as well. Buy a box of ammo from them and say, hey, thanks. We appreciate it very much. Let them know. Armslist.com. Join them at 6 bucks a month, six fifty, something like that. And you see some really cool stuff, and you support the right to bear arms. DefenderCoffee.com. Drink coffee. Support the Second Amendment, Second Amendment Foundation. Do I have to tell you what the, the God's work that Alan Gottlieb is doing over there? Good heavens, no. I'll be speaking with Alan this weekend. I can't wait. It's going to be an awful lot of fun. All right, moving on from that uh, that deputy thing, that's a weird story. That's just a strange thing. Now I want to take you to something a little bit deeper. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't. if I'm bantering back and forth with somebody like Greg on a show like this, Greg, have we talked about any of this content? We have not. No. We never do. I, Greg has, and what I'm telling you is Greg has absolutely no idea where I'm going next. And that's by design, because I want to get a spontaneous response. And this one, oh, you can go a lot of different ways here. Parents of gun violence victims use AI to recreate their voices and calls to Congress. Now, 
Today is the 14th. It's Valentine's Day. It is also, what, the sixth anniversary, I believe, of Parkland. Yes, the sixth anniversary of Parkland. And we all know Ryan Petty on this show very well. Ryan is a dear friend of mine, his family, his wife. I've spent much time with them. And they lost their daughter six years ago today at Parkland. Ryan Petty is out every single day vocally supporting your right to bear arms. On the flip side of that, and Andrew Pollack is as well, by the way, good friend. On the flip side of that, you have some radical anti-gunners that I'm sad to say, obviously sad, lost their children to these monster killers, but have gone just radical anti-gun, radical. Your rights be damned. You be punished through new laws because of the actions of these monsters. Now, I'm not going to sit here as a parent myself and tell you I know how they feel. I have had the honor to get to know a couple Parkland parents. And trust me when I tell you, it is incredibly sad to have these conversations with these people because it will bring you to tears, especially as a parent. And in this particular case with Ryan, his daughter would be my daughter's age today. And it's just a very, very sad thing. And to see them fight on behalf of our right to keep and bear arms is very heartfelt because they get it. They understand that it was the monster, not the tool that did what he did. And we have this bizarre story here, and I find this bizarre. But you have a parents, you have parents of a half a dozen victims who are now using artificial intelligence to recreate their children's voices to make phone calls to Congress, urging lawmakers to change the country's gun laws. And this is all part of a new campaign that is being launched today. The shot line is what it's called. And it was created by gun control advocacy groups, Change the Ref and March for Our Lives. Allows people to send these AI-generated voices of six gun violence victims, dead children, to members of Congress. And two of these people who are very involved are Joaquin Oliver, his Joaquin Oliver's a voice. It was his parents. Joaquin Oliver, who was killed in the 2018 mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, is one of the six on the Shotline website. Oliver's parents are the ones that founded the group Change the Ref in his memory. And here's what the AI-generated voice in his voice says in a message to Congress. They, they blanket it out to Congress people. In what? We'll go there in just a second. Six years ago, I was a senior at Parkland. Many students and teachers were murdered on Valentine's Day that year by a person using an AR-15, but you don't care. You never did. It's been six years, and you've done nothing, not a thing, to stop all the shootings that have continued to happen since. The thing is, I died that day in Parkland. My body was destroyed by a weapon of war. I'm back today because my parents used AI to recreate my voice to call you. Other victims like me will be calling too, again and again, 
to demand action? How many calls will it take for you to care? How many dead voices will you hear before you finally listen? Who, Greg. Now, personally, I find this sick. I find it sick. I agree. That's my, that's my personal opinion. I find this utterly disgusting. I find this sickening. To, and I, I, I'm going to pull a Biden here. I'm going to choose my words correctly, except I just said that articulately. He would have said, I want to choose my... I was going to put him... And he would have closed his eyes and not remembered what he was saying and then eventually gotten it out. But I do want to choose my words correctly here. It is the exploitation of the victims by people that you wouldn't think would be exploiting the victims in this manner. Maybe maybe I'm wrong there. Greg, your thoughts? It's like AI standing on their graves. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where it's like, how much technology can we use in order to exploit these deaths in order to meet our ends? Yeah, and uh, to go farther, we're getting ready to take a break. We're going to carry this to the end of the show today because I, I find this sick. Yeah, it's frankly. disgusting. I really think it is disgusting. It's despicable. And when we come back from the break, I'll tell you why in a little bit greater detail why I think this is sickening and I think it is a complete exploitation. And it is dancing in the blood of victims and coming from people that I, me, me, me personally, I can only speak for myself. I personally wouldn't expect this from them. But I guess in today's day and age, you, you don't know what to expect anymore, I guess is, is a fair way to put it. Uh, when people put agenda in politics above things it it makes it very hard when you have to fight them back except it doesn't because they put themselves in the arena we'll be right back segment of Armed American Radio's Daily Defense is being brought to you by Daniel Defense. Visit DanielDefense.com. Now, back to the show. Final segment of the second hour already. Good heavens, time just flies right by, as we say down south, just flies right by. Welcome back in the six-hour studios with me, Crossbreed Holsters Mike, X-Insurance presenting it all. Greg and Dallas, let's go back to this. Um, this is a weird, sad disgusting story as far as I'm concerned to use artificial intelligence to recreate the voice of dead victims in a horrific crime to push for gun control that wouldn't have stopped a thing. There's that. Let's go there. What are they looking for? At the very minimum, raising the age to purchase a firearm which, by the way, strips an 18-year-old man or woman, adult, of their constitutional right to keep and bear arms, the vast majority of whom hurt no one, by the millions upon millions. Let's not forget that. We have to remind you of that. Because they won't. 
they blame you. They think it's just a matter of time. If you own a gun, you're going to walk into a school and kill people. That's the way they think. So we can't forget that aspect of it. Expanded background check, universal background checks, which would never have stopped anyone. We already know that to be the case. Additional red flag laws so they can take your guns from you because they don't like guns, which would have stopped nothing. And they do it by sending these, I don't know, what do you call them, fake? Is it fake? What's the word they're using now for the videos and stuff? Deep fake? Yeah. Right? I guess this would be considered a deep fake of, of, I don't know. I don't know if that's just for video or not. Don't really care. It's AI. I happen to know people that know that AI says things wrong. I know a guy. So now recreating the voice of murder victims. To do what? To send to Congress people in an attempt to take your guns from you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we all know if law enforcement were to show up at your house, take the gun out of your safe, somehow the kids at the school down the street are safer. But I find this to be a disgusting tactic used by radical, and these are radical anti-gunners. Radical anti-gunners. The two involved are the parents, one from Parkland and one from uh, Uvalde, who are screaming for more gun control, when in reality... They should be going after the cops that did nothing to save their children, the dozens and dozens and dozens that were there. And if you that's Uvalde, if you want to talk about Parkland, 33 encounters with law enforcement over a multi-year period. This kid shouldn't have been on the streets to begin with. We know that after the fact. So after the fact, let's go after law-abiding people. Let's change laws and screw millions of state Florida state residents out of their right to bear arms because of the actions of this criminal. Oh, and by the way... I'm going to use the voice of my dead child to pull on the heartstrings of Congress and send these fake-generated messages using my son's voice to do just that in an attempt to take guns away from people who I personally don't want to have them, who frankly aren't going to harm anyone anyway. Greg, anything you want to add to that? Uh, you know, just this exploitation is incredibly disgusting. And um, the people that are perpetrating it, you know, you have to ask them at the end of the day, what's their end goal? Once all the guns are taken, what what is their goal after that? Are they going to then go after knives and bats and stuff like that? that and axes and stuff that uh, people use to commit other horrific crimes? Because they clearly don't understand the statistics of what weapons are used more often than just rifles or pistols. And No, they do. I think they do. I think they do. Let me say this. As we've talked about before, the AR-15 is, is the low-hanging fruit for these people because they can effectively demonize it so easily in the mainstream media, right? Even though what you just said is absolutely true. Yeah. Statistically, its use is insignificant mathematically. Well, they don't care. They don't care because they can. Let's be fair. Rightfully point to X amount of victims. Yet when you but they take that out, it's out of context. They put it in context. All of a sudden, it doesn't have it doesn't help them. Right. Why, why aren't they going after handguns, which are used by more criminals to kill more people in this country? 
Well, the reason why they're not going after handguns is because they know their rifles will be used to defend themselves against a tyrannical government. And the thing is, is the people behind these people that are pushing the groups, the uh, Bloomberg groups, the Soros's, the uh, even our federal government uh, that is funding these groups to protest against, you know, the Second Amendment. So that uh, because, believe it or not, our federal government wants us disarmed. People need to understand that our government wants us disarmed. Of course. And basis of the show, ladies and gentlemen, you know that. And these people are useful idiots. And they they typically have zero logic other than they're just rabid. And they don't typically have any kind of facts, which shows that they are the useful idiots. And they just get stirred up on emotion. And we know which crowd usually gets stirred up on emotion the easiest. And those are the ones that they are out there trotting around, putting on bright-colored T-shirts or bright-colored hats or acting like idiots all the time, thinking that they are the the righteous. And they have no clue that they are the pawns. Yeah, trust me here. It's no fun going after people who have lost their children. I'm not going after them. I'm not going after them. We're simply responding to what they say, and we will always do that. We will never shy away from that. I've made that very clear over the years. I wish you would just stop. Quit attacking me as a law-abiding American and millions of others like me. But if you do, we're going to respond. Because you've put yourself in this arena, and it's unfortunate. I don't, I don't like to do it. It's unfortunate. My, my heart breaks for these people. I'm a parent. Now, they would say, then you should understand what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Because you see... I'm not going to blame everybody else for the actions of... Look, you could use... Don't they always like to use cars, right, as examples? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. God forbid something happened to one of my children or some... You know, I've been to three funerals, believe me, of kids since my kids have been in high school. It's, It's horrible. But I don't... Those parents are not blaming Ford, and they're not out there actively creating... AI of their voices to go after the parents or or other drivers or manufacturers of automobiles. I, this is so misplaced. You don't hear uh, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving using the voices of people that have been no. killed in drunk driving accidents in order to rally against automobiles. Correct. And you never will. Which is proof positive as we close out the hour that this is, again, as we talked about earlier in the week, this is putting agenda and politics above everything else. And Greg, I think you nailed it. The people who do these things are people who were already in that mindset anyway. They were already rabid lefties, whatever the case may be, and this is what they do. And it's very sad to see. It really is sad to see. Because it's something that when it's brought up by them, we have to respond to it. And we will respond to it. Um, you know, But these are people who have gone to great lengths to what they did with John Lott. They're sick. They're twisted people. These people put a put together a fake uh, speaker forum, if you remember, and recorded many people, including John Lott, in what appeared to be real, so that they could put these in mock ads. These these people are just evil. It's that simple. And we see how low they stoop now. It's really sad. I, I feel I feel sorry for them, quite frankly. Armed American Radio's Daily Defense will be back tomorrow and Friday. Andy Hoosier for the first hour. Mike Paworski for the second hour. I'll be in Arizona. See you on the MonsterCast. Stay safe. Enjoy your day.
just filled your prescription for freedom with Mark Walters, presented by X-Insurance. X-Insurance. On the Armed American Radio Network. 